deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 2, Episode <laughs> 76, according to my notes. How about we do Episode 7? <laughs> 76. Way to not delete some. Yeah, we've, Man. Been, we've been working hard. <laughs> I know I'm getting old and time goes faster, but wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to fix my notes. Um, episode 7. And as always, we sincerely pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So just a little note from last week's episode. I was complaining that the sermon upload was taking forever. It was like Thursday, and it still wasn't completed. Yeah. Um, so what I ended up doing was re-uploading it and deleting the old one that was stuck, and then it went pretty quickly. I got it uploaded in a in a day. In that day, it was done. Uh, and then this week, it was up and done and up in a day. So <laughs> that one just got broke somehow or another. That particular episode or that particular upload broke. I don't understand it. Um, <clears throat> and then I think we finally hit the podcast big time. Yeah, I got a an unsolicited email offering to create a new website for our podcast. Ooh. Yeah, so we're starting to get the spam. <laughs> Woo! Big time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey, great. <laughs> Joel Osteen, eat your heart out. Yeah, sure, we're baby. coming for you. That's yeah, sure, <laughs> right. I thought that was funny. Like, oh, geez. <laughs> and then if you happened to be in the service last Sunday or watched the live stream, you saw that they let me out of the back room. I can't believe we did that, that we opened the doors and unlocked the cage and let you out of the media room. That's right. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> so I got to sing a song. And if you listen to the or watch the replay of the of the service from last week, you'll see me singing at the end. It was the last song. Uh, and I listened back to it. I was afraid to, but I listened back to it. And man, I sounded like I was out of breath the whole time. I thought it sounded great. No, I mean, great. just listening to the replay, though, I was like, ah, wait in the water, ah, wait in the water. <laughs> I, so I didn't get that when I was there for the live it, live version. It came across in the recording. My my vocal was much higher than everybody else's. I mean, you could mostly hear me and maybe a little bit more. <laughs> it was just a bad mix, so it wasn't back there. And I heard my breath every time. Like, wow. I think maybe, just maybe you're a little hypersensitive. To... I'm very nervous. I was very nervous. I mean, the first rehearsal, I was like a goober. Uh, and then, you know, more times we rehearsed it together, it was better. But yeah, I was, I was nervous. No, no fake in that. <laughs> Singing is not my, my first uh, skill, I guess. But you sang for years with a very large men's chorus. That's different. This Whole was a, almost way. soloist, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you it's, were, it's, you it's were basically different. soloing. And I, I have never tried to play an instrument and sing at the same time. That's that would be a new animal. And yeah. so I caught myself, you know, losing my fingers below. I'm like, uh oh. But you know, the only way to get better at it is practice it. So don't sign me up for any more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't let them loose. Keep them in the room. We continue our walk through the Gospel of Matthew. Yeah. But we're gonna jump. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We're taking a big leap forward. We did all of chapter three last week, and today we're going to start off in chapter 11. Cool. Because um, four years ago, when we spent a whole season in Matthew, uh, we ended up at the end of chapter 10. We we had worked our way through all of the chapters up to the end of chapter 10. So rather than go back and make everybody redo 
all of that again. We're going to pick right up where we left off uh, in 2018 and uh, start off in chapter 11, verse 1. So if you're really a glutton, you can go back to our website and find those old sermons because they're all up there. They are there. They've been yeah. back from 2018, yeah. you said. Yeah. Wow. So the whole Matthew series part one right. <laughs> is back there for you. And I don't know what we've got from four years before that, but that would have been Matthew 2 because I we go through them uh, in order, one a year. Right. Well, we've got – we've been doing – We've recorded sermons for many, many years. I don't know how many are actually up on the website. I know we converted it all from the old website when we made that conversion, so it's probably all still up there for wow, years and yeah. years. Um, some are just audio, but <clears throat> before we were big time with the live stream and all that. <laughs> so as you said, we're, we're, we're in Matthew chapter 11. Yep. And what verses are we going to cover? We're going to do verses 1 through 10. And I'm working from the uh, pretty much my standard, the New Living Translation, the NLT, today. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing, so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No. People with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes. And he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. Amen. So we need to maybe, I don't know if there's a whole lot of gap to fill in between chapter 3 and chapter 11 as far as Jesus' ministry goes. Is there anything we need to... He's had a couple years of ministry now. He's okay. he's about two years since the baptism, um, and he's primarily staying up north in the Galilee region. He'd done a little bit of work down in the south around Jerusalem in Judea, picking up some disciples here and there and uh, uh, visiting a few of the, the Holy Temple festivals. But the lion's share of his work has been up in the north uh, uh, where he's a little safer and doesn't get accosted quite as badly by the temple authorities and the religious uh, powers that be. Okay, that answers my other question. How far along are we in Jesus's ministry? In about two years. About of, two years. Of a three-year yeah. ministry. Um, so he's up in the north, and John is suddenly in prison. Last week, we were baptizing in the Jordan. This yeah. week, John is in prison. Yeah. What happened to John? Where'd he go wrong, man? <laughs> You know, pastors' kids—they just yeah—they uh, they go one of two ways, right? <laughs> John was—I guess—to back up just a second, if you'll remember from last week, John is raised most of his life in this pretty 
I don't want to say radical, but this pretty aggressive monastery where the sons of light are preparing for the war to end all wars. It really is the apocalypse. They Mm -hmm. expect God to wipe out the Romans, wipe out the church officials, and in fact, wipe out the entire earth and start all the way over from scratch. And they're going to be the leaders of this new earth. Uh, That's what John and the rest of the monks are expecting. And the only thing they're waiting on is this military messiah to show up and lead them in this holy war. Uh, Last week, Jesus shows up and John recognizes immediately he's the messiah. He is the leader of this, this holy war that's coming. And John is really adamant, I'm not the messiah, Jesus is. And in one of the other gospels, John says, And so from this point on, he must increase and I must decrease. And Mm -hmm. and what John is saying is I can't be a distraction to the Messiah's ministry. I can't – he's got to get ready for war and and I can't be a distraction to that. So John, over these these last two years, has left public ministry uh, in the religious sphere And he's gone solely into government, into politics, and primarily into harassing the men in in the high government that he thinks are immoral or unethical or not righteous enough. And in the course of doing that, he's taken off on Herod Agrippa, one of the many Herods. He's a son of Herod the Great. Uh, and so uh, Herod the Great has – he has like five or six boys, but one of them is Herod Agrippa. Another one is Herod Herod Philip, and another one is uh, Herod, uh, Herod Aristarchus. Okay. Well, Aristarchus has a daughter, and Herod Philip marries her. He marries his niece, mm. and Herod Antipas watches this for a while and decides – I want her. And so he can, he has an illicit affair with his niece who is married to his brother, convinces her to leave Herod Philip and marry him instead. And there's a lot of uh, outside of the Bible evidence that he was primarily motivated because he had a huge crush on her daughter, Salome. So there's this really lewd, lascivious <laughs> A weird sex thing going on with Herod Antipas, and John the Baptist calls him out on it. You are an unethical, immoral man. You have no business being in charge of of anything, let alone part of God's holy kingdom in Israel. And he raises such a public ruckus about how corrupt our politicians are that Herod Antipas says, I got the fix for that. Put him in jail. Oh, yeah, <laughs> shut, shut him, him up. up. <laughs> and so we find John the Baptist locked away, uh, not really for any specific crime, mostly just because uh, he was making the the head guy angry when he called when he called a rat a rat. Right. Um, does Matthew go into any more of John's story? He will. In fact, okay. in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to deal a little more with John. Um, okay, so I don't want to spoil it, and I won't yeah, bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, John's going to die. <laughs> oh, man, now I don't have to listen next week. <laughs> All right, so that's how John got in jail, because he's, he's harassing the powers that be. 
and eventually gets him tossed in jail. And by the time we read this, he's been in jail for about six months. Okay. And jail back then was not a pleasant place at all, especially if you're a political prisoner. It appears he was he was locked away in the prison fortress of Masheris, which technically is outside the nation of Israel. So you can do anything you want to these prisoners. They have no rights because they're not on Jewish soil. And uh, he was being treated really badly. I can only imagine. I mean, yeah, just icky to think about being in prison back then. You know, prison isn't great now, but at least there's some oversight and some people watching. But back then, if they just – it's almost like throw them in a deep, dark hole and throw away the key and – And you might go, well, how bad could it be? I mean, he's talking with his disciples. Um, In those days and at that time, the prison didn't feed you. That wasn't their job. They locked you away, and then if your family cared about you at all, they would bring you food. Wow. If your family doesn't feed you, you could starve in Mesheris, and nobody would really care. It just seems to be fair. So John's disciples are visiting him on a daily basis to bring him food so he doesn't die. Wow. And so John's been in jail for six months. Obviously, that's got to take a toll on him, and he starts to get a little – concerned and worried that maybe he's made the wrong choice. Is that what I read? Yeah. He kind of, he sends his disciples to say, out to Jesus and say, are you really the one? Yeah. Please tell me you're really the one. Have I thrown away my whole life against, for the wrong guy? Yeah. Is basically what he's saying, right? Yeah. He's, uh, he has every right to be depressed. He's six months in a really terrible prison. That alone would be depressing. But yeah, he left public ministry, um, waiting on the Messiah to start this holy war, and there's no war. Right. The best he can tell, Jesus is playing at being a doctor and a psychiatrist. He's He's talking about what's going on in people's hearts and minds, and he's healing lepers, and he's not gathering an army at all. He hasn't done anything in, in two years to put together a battle force, and John is really afraid, I threw away my ministry... Um, because I got it wrong. This is not the son of light who's going to lead the holy war. Right. And so he sends his – John sends his disciples to see Jesus, and they ask him, hey, what should I tell John about you? And Jesus answers, in my opinion, with somewhat strange answer. Yeah, yeah. It, on first glance, it's it's a little odd. Um, it's a quotation of prophecy – and it is they are pro- it is prophecy about the Messiah. So the first thing Jesus does, although you don't get that when you first read it, when he says, "Well, you know, tell John that uh, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are lepers are cured, the deaf hear, dead raised to life, good news preached." Uh, at first, you go, well, what? "Well, those those are all prophecies of what the Messiah will do when he comes." We find those in uh, Isaiah chapter thirty-five, uh, verses four through six. Uh, and you pointed out to me Isaiah 61.1. I had lost track of that, but you you had that. Um, and if you read those, you see it's talking about when the Messiah comes, here are signs he is the Messiah. So the first thing Jesus does is, is point out to John, I'm fulfilling prophecy. Right. So, so you were right, uh, and you had every reason to be right. I am doing what no one before me who's claimed to be the Messiah has ever done. I am performing miracles that only the Messiah can do. 
But the other really big thing Jesus is is doing here, um, if you notice, each of the signs that he gives is bigger and better than the one before it. Uh, blind see, lame walk, lepers cured, uh, deaf hear, dead raised to life. And you would think that's it. That's as big as it goes, right? Bringing dead people back to life. And then Jesus gives him what's at the very top of the pile. Good news is being preached to the poor. And so what Jesus is telling John is, I am waging war. It's not the war you expected. Right. I have waged war against sin and separation from God. I am letting a broken and wounded world find its way back to the Father. That's the war I'm fighting, and I'm winning. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Yeah, so hearing that answer, perhaps John said, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. That is what the Messiah was doing. But, man, I really wanted you to come kick these guys in the head. And I was hoping you'd let me out of jail and I'd be there to see it. (laughs) Kick the Romans out of Israel. That'd be better. Yeah. (laughs) Then we could talk about healing the lame and... (laughs) Let's get these Romans out of here. But in the bigger picture, God's big picture, Jesus is doing what he's supposed to be doing as the Messiah. So it's good news. And good news being preached. Yeah. God really does love everybody. Everybody. Despite what you've been told, God loves the poor. He he doesn't. Yeah, there's so much misinformation coming from uh, the priests that, you know, God doesn't love you because you— you work on Saturdays because you broke some rules. God yeah, doesn't love yeah. you. Well, come on. No, God really does love you. And not only is he going to save um, just the Jews who are in Israel at that time from their life, 2,000 years later, he's saving you and me. That's right. how big of a war Jesus is winning. Uh, and and John just wasn't thinking in those terms. I can see how he's, again, Maybe disappointed, but then a roundabout way, oh, I guess that's right. Yeah. That's good. Okay. And then Jesus turns it around and starts talking about John the Baptist. Yeah. And kind of validates John's ministry saying, you know, who'd you go out there to see? Wasn't some, you know, rich guy out standing in the, in the, des- in the wilderness he's, is the word he used. Um, yeah, he looked like a crazy man. At least according to my vision. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he was actually himself fulfillment of prophecy. Yeah. And that prophecy was what? Malachi 3 1? Yes. Well, that's what he, yeah. The, Mal- the Malachi 3 1 prophecy was look, I'm sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. That's exactly what John was saying at the river. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come into his temple, the messenger of the covenant. Whom you are, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming," says the Lord of Heaven's armies. That's right from Malachi three one. And so John, I'm sorry, Jesus turns around and says, "John was part of the plan as well." Yeah. And so maybe you shouldn't forget about him. You know the people, the crowd that's there when John's disciples come and ask, "Are you the one?" And Jesus, you know, he doesn't rebuke them. He just, you know, he gives them a really good solid answer they weren't expecting. But then the crowd almost seems to go, oh, well, John is now wrong. Are you done with John? Yeah. Because he got it wrong. He John hasn't stood by you. John's faith has wavered, so you require faith. So are you, are you cutting ties with John? And Jesus says, no, just the opposite. 
John's the guy. He's supposed to be the guy preparing the way for me. And he, doggone it, you are proof that John did exactly what he was supposed to do. And I, I love what Jesus does here because what he says is doubt is okay. If, if you don't believe in me 100% all of the time without ever having a question in your mind, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're not saved. You're not going to heaven. Because I don't know about you, but there are times when I, I have doubts. You know, The whole world tells me there is no life after death. They just beat me with that every day. And there are times when I wonder, am I right? I preach this and I believe it, but have I have I spread a lie to people? It's tough because it's the proof is not in the format that we want it to be. No, right? Like, prove to me there's God. Um, I can show you a lot of things that would be godlike, but I can't show you. I can't introduce you to God straight ahead and have yeah. him shake your hand. You know, yeah. so having that proof makes it difficult to explain to non-believers and. Non-believers are, you know, pretty much pounded by, you know, science says there can't be a, yes. a God. Yes. Right? There's no scientific proof of God, so therefore there is no God. And so it's not unusual for us to have doubts and question our faith. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think it's healthy uh, for every practicing Christian um, from time to time to struggle a little bit with their faith and with their beliefs and, and find their way through to the other side. And we might be really frightened. Uh, does that mean my salvation is not secure because I don't believe totally? Uh, and what Jesus does with John the Baptist is says, hey, you're just human. Doubt is okay. That is going to happen. Don't sweat it. Right. So even if John the Baptist, who is called out as, you know, the fulfillment of prophecy yeah. has a little doubt, it's okay if I have a little doubt. I'm not even called out for prophecy. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. That's helpful. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna move. Uh, we're gonna in, do the rest, not the whole rest of the chapter, but we're gonna take another big bite uh, next week, and we're gonna end up back in Malachi again. Uh, Jesus is going to continue to talk to the crowds about um, what a good person John is, and how John is a fulfillment of prophecy himself. He's a prophet and a fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, and we're going to end up back in Malachi again, because that's the one that's going to talk about John the Baptist. So I'm looking forward to that next week. I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, so have you given a title to your sermon yet? Yeah, I'm just calling it, Are You the One? Because John had that question, and from time to time, I know you and I have to have that question. Absolutely. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.ponderumc.org. At the top, there's a menu called Ministries. Pull that down and go down to Sermons. And you can once you get to that page, you can look for the sermon, Are You the One? And this will have been delivered on January 16th, 2022. And with that, I think we'll close this episode uh, from the small town of Ponder, Texas. We, we pray that you have a very blessed week. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening. You can find us at www.ponderumc.org. There, you can watch the live stream of our casual service, listen to replays of this and past sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.